Welcome to today's edition of Beat to the Fire, where we're always challenging the status quo. For more cutting-edge commentary, go to feettothefire.org. That is feet, the number two, thefire.org. And now your host. Well, good morning, everyone. This is your fearless host, Sergio Fassa, and welcome to Feet to the Fire. You know, I'm really excited because I've been getting a lot of great positive feedback on this series I've been doing all week about the conservative mind. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I could do this. I could do this probably every morning unending. I keep reviewing my content and it's getting, you know, I'm... I'm I'm getting into new stuff each day, but my content that I'm preparing is growing by the day more and more. Um, like I said, I could probably do it every day, and and maybe that would be beneficial because uh, it's not you don't just need to hear a recycled version of the news again and again. But my goal is to, as I've been saying, train the conservative mind. Um, it's it's been a lot of fun. You know, one of my buddies too. He came up with a great phrase to describe the distinction. He said, there's the true authentic conservative. That's what I've been talking about. That's what I'm trying to inculcate in my uh, fellow listeners and fellow uh, Christians and conservatives and uh, freedom-loving patriots. And uh, he said, so there's the, there's the conservative. And then he said, there's the faux-servative. Faux-servative. I thought that was great. Well, maybe we'll use that, faux-servative. Um, but Let's keep going, because there's always more to say on this issue, and uh, I'll stop giving a background every day, but remember, this is my philosophizing as your host after a week in Cambodia, seeing the great missions work going on over there, but the absolute abject misery that's been brought because of uh, godless civilization, godless worldviews, and the outworking of that in the human experience, um, and also a conversation that I had with a friend where a uh, very conservative individual, uh, quote-unquote, but actually in, in thinking through things and discussing, I'm like, yes, this person is well-meaning and, and conservative in, in the generic sense, conservative morally, conservative biblically, but not actually, I was finding that this friend is not does not have did not have a developed conservative mind seeing everything through the lens of conservatism because we were not connecting on 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 several key points. So I was giving you an example yesterday, which I'd like to continue to do from the academy, uh, reading a text by Richard Lintz, a very fancy, sophisticated title. I need to write a book like this. You know, listen to this: the fabric of theology a prolegomenon to evangelical theology. You know, if you're writing a philosophical book and you use a weird word like fabric in it, and then uh, some sort of Greek cognate like prolegomenon, man, you are, you are queued up for success. You are a cutting-edge academy. I, I've never written a book at all, let alone one with a title like that. I, and I'm not even going to try to invent one on the spot right now because it probably... It won't go overwhelmed, won't be funny. But I mean, your, your mind could run with the various options. Anyway, I'm reading this book, and you know, it's not this particular book that, uh, that is, is, is one solitary incident, or I'm really pounding on this poor guy, Lintz. It's just, this is over and over and over again in scholarly literature, in uh, the academy, the so-called conservative academy, uh, the Christian academy even, 
um, like a place like Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. It's, it's pretty much ubiquitous. Can I use that word? It's everywhere in scholarly thinking. And so this was just another example that I said, you know what, I'm taking this to microphone, and we're going to talk about this. So let me review from yesterday, because I, I put such weight uh, on communicating the right way and getting the message across. It's a put a high premium on that in what I do here as a behind-the-microphone orator. And I don't know if I quite got it across yesterday. So let me read that quote I was discussing yesterday and then get to some other stuff here. Um, And as I said numerous times, context here does not matter. It's not so much the surfaced argument that I'm concerned with, although... I do think that's erroneous, but it's the secondary, underneath the surface, the manner of thinking, the presuppositional thinking that is very, very concerning when you are reading something like this. So uh, in the, just right in the middle of this fat book, a discussion, this guy is very passionate on how evangelicalism is uh, allegedly failing in speaking prophetically to the culture, and he says this uh, in... In both of these periods, referencing some periods he just talked about, time periods, the evangelical movement has lost its prophetic edge. Uh, and bear with me, I know I read this yesterday, but but uh, repetition is good. Listen, okay, it's lost its prophetic edge, I would agree with that. It is no accident that this happened when it, ca- when it ceased to challenge accepted cultural mores of democracy in the market economy. And that's, that's where I, wait, what? I, I paused. You tilt your head. You're puzzled a moment. Um, wait. Why, why are we challenging uh, re- small-r Republican self-government, uh, covenantal self-representation? That, that's what, when, when we say democracy, guys, we don't mean the mob rule of Greece. We don't mean um, if everybody votes to, like, murder all the red-shirted people, that's what we should do. That's not a biblical model, and that's not what I'm talking about. And this betrays another fact of what I'm trying to say. Guys writing at this level are throwing around these words like democracy, and dare I say they don't even know what it means, or that's, that's maybe a cheap shot. They haven't thought through what that means. No one in the West would defend democracy in the sense of the pure definition of that. So I don't even know what his beef is. No conservative mind alleges that democracy in and of itself is a viable option. So we're not, we're not talking about that. What I think he's getting at and doesn't even realize it is the system in the West that we would call self-government, or, or better, representative democracy, or better still, republicanism, which is self-government by covenant law. Whoop. That's an important concept. That's the conservative mind. That's the Old Testament. L- listen again. Self-government by covenant law, which is our Constitution. So the covenant creates the restraints around the government and the democratic self-government. And then the self-government, the democracy, is uh, actuated and practiced through representatives elected by the people in an orderly manner. So there's, there's checks and balances, separation of power, and structure to this democracy. He's criticizing it. I don't even think he's thinking in those terms. That, that's my concern. Remember, I said underlying issues. Okay, so anyway, so uh, we haven't. Evangelicalism has a problem because it hasn't challenged 
democracy and the market economy, that's weird because democracy, now as I've redefined it correctly, and the market economy, these are embedded in a Christian worldview based on the scriptures, on the Bible. Why would we be challenging that? That's weird. And then he says, this is not to suggest that democracy and the free market ought to be abandoned or criticized from the vantage point of another competing political and or economic system. Now, what I said yesterday was he what he meant by that He didn't have the guts to say what he meant. What he meant to say is, well, don't misunderstand me here. I'm not saying that democracy and the free market ought to be abandoned or criticized in favor of socialism, communism. That's what he meant to say in all of that fluff scholarly speech, but he didn't have the guts to say it. And so here's one of my concerns that I don't think I made clear yesterday. If you say something in your academic writing so outrageous (laughs) that that it requires such an extreme caveat as, I'm not saying we should uh, criticize a democracy in the market or abandon it in favor of socialism. Like, like what Christian or conservative mind would ever write something so wildly radical that you have to uh, give a caveat or condition your comment with that kind of, of crazy phrase? I'm not, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm promoting socialism. You know, if, if you say something so radical that it requires such an extreme caveat as that, I'm not saying I'm promoting socialism, or you have to give some extreme caveat, something extreme as, extreme as uh, now I'm not saying Hitler's Nazism was a good option, but, but here's my point. If you're making a point that requires that kind of a caveat or an apologetic statement, then maybe what you're saying is way off. You, you shouldn't be a, a Christian or conservative writer where you're writing something that requires you to give this caveat, by the way, I'm not promoting communism. Well, maybe whatever you said was so wrong and misleading that that's why you had to give that caveat and it wasn't worth saying in the first place. That's what I meant to say yesterday. Now, let's keep going. He said, I'm not criticizing, saying we should abandon democracy or the market in favor of socialism, co- uh, 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 collectivism. But he goes on, it is simply to suggest that evangelicals have to come to grips with the fact that democracy and the free market economy, like all social, political, and economic systems, are flawed as a result of the flaw fall. Excuse me. Like all social, political, and economic systems are flawed as a result of the fall. And I pause and I say, what? We... We, of evangelicals, let me think that again. We have to come to grips with the fact, we have to face the reality of democracy and the market economy, capitalism, like all systems, are flawed as a result of the fall. Wait a second, wait a second. This is, this is wrong presuppositions. The democracy uh, and, and free market economy are the only systems that, 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 that are predicated on the fact that man has fallen, that, that, that assume that man is fallen, that, that take that into account. So he's making this idea that market capitalism and democracy self-government are one among many options. And we have to come to the grips of the fact that our system's not the best, you know, this ethnocentric idea that uh, you can't say your civilization's better, all civilizations are equal. And in fact, all civilizations are lousy because they're all flawed as a result of the fall. Dude, no kidding, Jackson. <laughs> That's why we have these systems, because we've taken into account the fact 
that man has fallen. And in fact, democracy, self-government, covenantal self-government, and free market capitalism are the only systems that take into account the fact that man is fallen. The other systems don't. The other systems are predicated on a humanist model that man can achieve some sort of grand design outside of the authority of God and his Christ and his uh, inscripturated moral order in the Bible. And, and that's why those systems fail. You know when you ever say a great sentence and you love it and you wish you wrote it down? I'm glad this is recorded because that was one of those sentences. Is this making sense? And I know I, I said it yesterday, but I wanted to say it again. Now let's go on to another page where this gentleman is speaking. And he says this. Uh, again, context doesn't matter. <laughs> that's like the worst thing to say in academic discussions. Uh, Context doesn't matter. But listen to this, uh, 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 again, underlying presuppositions. Ten pages later, the challenge for evangelicals is to root their critique in biblical ideology, an ideology that is no less trenchant than Marxism in its critique of consumerist individualism. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what a loaded sentence of academic speech that is just fluff speech. And let me peel that apart and why this is so offensive to the conservative mind. The challenge for evangelicals is to root their critique, a critique of culture, our own civilization, critique the West, root that critique in biblical ideology, which is good, an ideology, biblical ideology, that is no less trenchant, fixed, and firm than Marxism in its critique of consumerist individualism. Hold, hold the phone, bro. Hold the phone. Biblical ideology is not critical of individualism. Biblical ideology teaches individualism so that you don't put hordes of individuals as though you're treating them merely like cattle into a gas chamber and gas them or, or, or herd them like cattle out to the killing fields outside of Phnom Penh on one day in Cambodia's history and start murdering them and dumping their bodies into pits. Let me be clear, Dr. Lentz and others who suppose to have a conservative perspective but do not have the conservative mind, and I'm sorry if I'm getting now a little excited and preachy, but let me be clear, biblical ideology does not critique individualism. It teaches and upholds it because of imagi Deo. We are made in the image of God, and that is why we don't devolve into genocide because of the sacred concept of individualism that has been that has been uh made absolute sanctified has been has been uh solidified has been written into the fabric of the law of civilization in the west marxism critiques individualism because it kills the individual we do not. And then he says consumerist individual individualism. Well, that's strange because we promote consumerism. That's another way of him saying the market or capitalism. Consumerist individualism is just fluff academic speech for him to say capitalism, which he didn't want to say, because basically the sentence would read like this. Uh, and a biblical ideology is no less uh, critical of, of capitalism than is Marxism. Wait a second. A biblical ideology is not critical of capitalism. It upholds it. 
Consumerism is based on property rights. And when you dissolve property rights, you immediately, can you hear that snap? Like the snap of a finger, you dissolve property rights and you end up with genocide. Case in point, the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. Instantly, they declared that first day, day zero, said, burn all your money, nobody owns anything, go out to the rice fields and make rice, work 16 hours a day, and if you faint, we'll kill you. And they did. Guys, do you, do you, do you see what's going on here? There is so much more to say, and I'm running out of time. I'm going to walk you through more of this guy's writing, and, and I have other examples. And you know what? If this is all we do for the next couple days, weeks, I don't mind. Stay with me. You can get the news right now. Go turn on Bongino Report. Uh, I would avoid Fox News, never Trumpers, but if you got to, last resource, but laugh at it. Go on OAN, go on maybe Newsmax, uh, but I want to keep this discussion up. There is a lot to say, and if after all of this, I am training you to see with clearer eyes a conservative mind, which is not, listen, not political, but it is it is a spiritual way of seeing, a a Christianly way of seeing. It is a moral, ethical way of seeing. It's not just political. If I can help you do that, then we've got something done here at Feet to the Fire. Let justice roll down like waters, America, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Don't believe the hype out there. We are on a roll, and we are bringing a new wave of conservatism and conservative thinking to bear upon the cultures, even upon the very spokesmen or those who purport to be alleged spokesmen for our side. Let's reevaluate and restate what conservatism actually is. See you tomorrow.